Hello, and welcome to Building Sustainability Podcast. I'm your host, Jeffrey Hart, aka Jeffrey the Natural Builder. Building Sustainability consists of conversations with designers, builders, makers, dreamers, and doers, exploring the wide world of sustainability in the built environment by talking to wonderful people who are doing excellent things. Hey, everybody. And welcome to episode 53 of the Building Sustainability Podcast. Uh, It is currently the 21st of July 2021. This episode is a touch late. I said I was going to hurry up and catch up with the ones I've missed. Uh, But it's been busy old times. Uh, I have been rushing, rushing, rushing to uh, get the tiny house weather tight and get it all all the membranes on and it all sealed up uh, because we've had a a lovely wonderful spell of uh, lovely hot nice weather in the UK here and I have spent that very hot weather mostly being on a roof uh, with nowhere to hide sort of crisping myself just a little bit Uh, but I'm definitely not complaining. Uh, So yes the tiny house is just about at the stage where it's uh, entirely membraned Uh, It's looking very much like a house. I have made the final few adjustments. Uh, I I got about 90% of the design done in CAD. And then there was just things that I couldn't possibly conceive, like how much headroom I needed above the stairs. Because the stairs aren't really stairs, they're sort of more of a ladder. So I didn't know where the, the change in roof pitch should go. So I just had to build it. So... Then I spent probably two hours having mocked up where the edge of the mezzanine goes. I put a ladder up and then I climbed up and down the ladder at different pitches representing different possible staircases. Uh, And I moved the rafters in different positions and I bumped my head and then I moved them a bit more and then I climbed the ladder and I bumped my head again. I just got to feel it, I guess, like literally feel it and clunk my head anyway this is a waffly random uh nonsense uh i am pretty tired it's like quarter to ten and i've been building all day so so what is there to know um first of all uh the european strawbell gathering is next weekend so that is the quick google is happening on Friday the 30th of July until Sunday the 1st of August. Uh, There are tickets available from the European Straw Bale Association website. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. I am doing a small small section uh, talking about clay and straw and how well they work together. I think I've got time to get that together. (sighs) Uh, Sure, I'm sure it'll be fine. Uh, I will just be coming back from doing a nice earth floor. So I'll be fully in the clay zone. Uh, So yes, that's happening. Make sure you get along to that. As I've mentioned in the last couple of episodes, the right to Rome, uh, there's a mass trespass happening in Sussex on the Sussex Downs this Saturday. That is the 24th of July, 2021. Make sure you get along to that if you can, if you're in the neighbourhood. That is part of the campaign to try and get right to Rome uh, access to to countryside for for people in the UK, uh, not just people in Scotland. That was what Nick Hayes was talking about uh, way back last summer sometime. So yes, get involved with that. 
What else should I tell you about? ACAN. ACAN are doing great things at the moment. They have got a natural building group. And last week they did an introduction to natural materials. Uh, That video is now online. So there's a link to that in the show notes. Uh, So today, Thursday, uh, they are doing a special episode on straw. So make sure you get involved in that. Um, That's a big Zoom call for everyone free to attend. And I believe they're now going through uh, all of the natural materials and talking about how to use them, pros, cons, considerations, that sort of thing. They're really great. Love ACAN. Um, do whatever you can to support them. Uh, speaking of support, uh, this is the final shout for the July special Patreon support for this podcast. Uh, this podcast is uh, funded by me and it costs quite a bit and takes quite a lot of time uh so the patreon site is just a way that people that can afford a little bit extra can give a bit of money towards the podcast and keep it free for everyone else um so i think that's quite a nice little system so yes uh as an incentive for july uh i have got some big old prizes uh there's shrink pots from john mulaney beautiful beautiful colored shrink pots there's spoons from dave cockcroft Dave from episode two of the podcast. Uh, my man Jeff Hannis has turned on a foot-powered lathe a beautiful, beautiful uh, maple bowl. And then Isla Middleton, um, who is a wonderful artist, she has done a poster uh, on summer foraging. Uh, it's a beautiful lino-cut poster. Um, so all of that can be won by, will be won by someone uh, who joins up in July um, so if, if you want to be in with the chance to win, then go to patreon.com forward slash building sustainability. Okay, enough, enough of that waffle. Um, what do I need to tell you about this episode? It's a chat with Phil Christopher. Uh, I have known Phil Christopher for uh, a number of years uh, when I was on the board of SBUK, Straw Building UK. We organised the big straw bale gathering together. Yeah, he's a thoroughly good chap this episode he tells us all about what he's been up to all the hard hard work he's been doing and we chat about various other other things uh um this episode even wanders a little bit into talking about football uh some people might have been aware of the european football cup championships somehow we end up talking about that even though neither of us really understand football um, so listen out for that. What else to tell you? Oh yeah, there's about 20 minutes. I haven't actually edited it yet, so it might be less than that. But I think there's about 20 minutes of extra audio from this conversation with Phil. Another reason to get on the Patreon is to uh, to hear that bonus audio. And is that all I've got to say? Oh, I should say there's a few clunky edits in here. There was a bit where phil's phone rang a phone that he didn't even know was connected yeah various connection issues so yeah if it sounds clunky i apologize um we're just doing our best aren't we right well that's it from me i'll be back at the end enjoy phil christopher hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The last time we uh, we did hang out was on your build in Dartmoor. Yes, at Totnes. Yes, that was a uh, an experience. No, it was challenging weatherwise. It was challenging weatherwise, um... and I think everyone tried their absolute best to make it work. They did, but things just didn't quite line up, did they? No. <laughs> <laughs> The effort, yeah, the effort put in. It was amazing. Amazing volunteers um, yeah. who went there to do that. They were really, really good. Really, really committed. And yeah, against all odds. The yeah. kind of weather that you expect in August, isn't it? You know, sort of like massive storm two weeks in a row. Yeah. Rain like you've never seen before. I, I, I don't think I've ever got wetter so so quickly <laughs> as that, that rainstorm that came in uh, at lunchtime. It was an object lesson in how um, a straw bell buildings need suitable weather protection yeah. <laughs> in place. Yeah. And how difficult, uh, you know, that can be to do. And, you know, just trying to work with uh, with what's um, there on site and trying to do your best with all of it. It was, yeah, yes. it was, it was, it was a bit bonkers. I, I felt for you, mate. So um, um, for the, for the <laughs> listeners, it, the, the roof hadn't yet been built uh for through everyone's best efforts it, it hadn't quite materialized but the the course to to sort of get all the straw in was was booked in months in advance yeah yeah it was incredible yeah the, just the commitment of everybody that was there uh the, the builder who'd been there doing the stuff prepping in advance and then i just went down on site to do the to do the training and um yeah it was it was a yeah it was a a busy old couple of weeks <laughs> But when I so when I arrived, I only uh, only came down for a couple of days. I just you know in the neighbourhood, thought I'd come and visit. And uh, it was good to see you. But yeah, there was it was when we were stood downstairs and you were talking about you know a nice detail on you know I think stuffing straw or something, and there was just yeah. water pouring through the ceiling, and it's like <laughs> everyone stood around in like full waterproofs indoors. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That was funny because we'd had to, well, I say it was funny. I mean, it was, I mean, you know, looking back on it, you can laugh now. Um, but that was interesting because we'd had, um, you know, it's one of those things that you get on strawberry builds all the time when, when people are doing a self-build and people haven't done stuff before. And, um, you know, you, you try and have input into those things to make them work properly. And, you know, some things get lost in translation and then you turn up and things aren't quite right. And actually, you know, the first thing that we did when we got there on site was, we uh, made sure that all the weather, because it was two stories, wasn't it? Mm. You know? And uh, we made sure that the um, the uh, the middle beam <laughs> between the two floors was uh, properly weatherproof from above. <laughs> and then when we had all that crazy rain, it was great. Stuff didn't really get wet. 
I've never seen water like it in a in a straw bale build before. Yeah, it was extraordinary. But it didn't come down into the walls because so perfect use of having a having a membrane there. Yes, <laughs> to stop things coming down through suitably detailed, so that there were no gaps or whatever. And there was, I, I, you know, there was in two or three places there was a little bit of leakage. I think, but it was, but it was nothing considering the beam, the beam above it was just like absolutely full of water. I I remember you going around with the the probe, the the bail master or the probe master, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> yes, yeah, the, the protometer bail master. Yes, yeah, and uh, and it's like you know these bales should be sopping wet, but I think because you'd you'd done very well and stopped the water getting in from yeah. the top, it was they were magically yeah with intolerance. It was an object lesson in in detailing <laughs> properly uh, how uh, you know you've got to have proper weather protection when mm. the straw bale building is just the most important thing because even in the middle of august you know you just don't know what the weather's going to do yeah i, th- I mean it was uh i think that area of dartmoor is is sort of statistically the the wettest bit of the country maybe or like or- possibly yeah <laughs> it seems to change very rapidly it certainly the weather does. and yeah. constantly yeah, going from brilliant sunshine to absolutely crazy rain. Yeah. And then, you know, well, it was literally four seasons in a day, wasn't it? It was, yeah. And it was like, I think I've got sunburn in the afternoon as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's good. Uh, it's good to, you know, it's good to see challenges like that now and again. Yeah. Do you do you feel like, I mean, you've had a big old couple of years of, of challenges. Uh, so oh. maybe that one was it's... was one too many, but <laughs> well, that was it, yeah. Because um, yeah, so I've had, what have I been doing? I've been I feel like I just haven't really stopped for about three years mm. at the moment because um, of course I had where was that? So like yeah, twenty eighteen we did uh, the, uh, worked on the build up at uh, Ford Hall Organic Farm, yep. up in Market Drayton in Shropshire. Um, before that, I'd been working, doing some rendering and stuff for some friends over in Poole in Dorset and, uh, um, and came back to that after because I had my hips replaced. Oh, of course he did. Yeah. Yeah. So 20, 2017, I had one hip replaced and then had the second one done in 2018. Um, six weeks, wasn't allowed to do anything. Went back to rendering and then went to Market Drayton and then what happened then? Oh, we did a house building uh, in um, East Coca. In Somerset. Okay, where's that? Um, it's near Yeovil. Oh, right. Okay. Right next to Yeovil, uh, South Somerset. And um, yeah, amazing. That was the first uh, thatched build that we worked on. It was a amazing sort of like graph axis sort of shape. Yeah. Um, what, like really a sort of bell curve type? Is that what you're... Yeah, I, can't, I don't really know how to describe it. Uh, yeah, yeah, it sort of like had a, a central sort of two-story bit, hmm. and then these two wings down each side, and um, a thatched roof. Like, it was a massive thatched roof, all the straw walls, and so like we got these amazing photos with just like when the thatch went on and the walls were done. Yeah, just everything was straw. It was the most <laughs> amazing thing to see. Was it a straw thatch? They didn't go. Yeah. Oh, so like a real traditional. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Proper job. Yeah. So um, you just looked at the building and all you could see was straw. Everything on the building was straw. Yeah, that was very special. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, and I, I went back to, to see the folks whose build it was a, a couple of weeks ago, and that's and it's doing really, really well. Great. It was exciting because um, uh, uh, Caroline, whose um, who's, 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 uh, who's build it was, 
had these sort of uh, connections with um, India, and um, she had a uh, this elephant sculpture, and um, it, I think in uh, not quite sure about the history, the history of it, but I think elephants are a good luck symbol. Okay, um, and so we had this uh, this carved elephant. And we, we mounted it in the straw bale wall. So like, we put some framing into the wall to be able to get this in, made a little lead flash shelf and different things and actually embed it. So when you look at the wall, you can see this amazing stone. It was quite a heavy thing. It was quite fun trying to put it in. Um, so this elephant's in the wall next to the front door because that's where it's supposed to bring good luck, I think. Lovely. Oh. Yeah, that was good. And then from there to, to Hastings, of course, for the um, the Upstraw Interreg project, which is now... Uh, the new, well, the new visitor centre for Hastings Country Park called the Bale House. Yeah. Why don't you tell us, sort of, why don't you introduce that project and like give us, start at the beginning. Wow. I mean, the beginning, I mean, it's one of these sort of public sector projects where, um, you know, and I've never been involved with anything, a project that, that big before. And, um, you know, apparently we learned very quickly that, you know, a lot of, a lot of public sector projects, whatever they are, just, just never happen because they're so complicated to get going and, and, and to get sorted out and, um, it was it was interesting. We first got involved with, uh, of course, through Straw Bell Building UK, um, a group for promoting straw building. Um, I think we'll yeah, talk we, further on that. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so we went down to a, a meeting because we we had some we we're a sub partner in the project, so we had some funding um, there to, to engage with that to do some work on uh, communications and different deliverables for the. Upstraw. Upstraw's the the European funding thing, isn't it? Yes. So it's a a, a northwestern Europe uh, interreg project. So with the European funding, um, and so this funding was made available. And the, the idea was that there would be five, um, I think it's five different buildings in five different countries by the end of the project. Um, and, and Hastings Borough Council were um, a partner in the project to deliver the UK building, um, which was the uh, the Bale House, a new, a new visitor centre for the Hastings Country Park, out on the east side, uh, up near towards Fairlight mm-hmm. uh, in Hastings, and uh, yeah, it's amazing. So it's a two hundred and sixteen square metres um, building itself, roof with a lot of overhang on it. So I think the roof's about three hundred and fifty square metres, um, a big old building. And so it had gone through this process for I think it had first gone into planning about seven years prior um you know <laughs> went through various sort of iterations and different things got granted planning um and then they couldn't re- i think they just couldn't find anybody to to build it it was one of these things where um you know we have these obviously these challenges uh, which we try to address with with uh SBUK a, a, a bit about trying to do straw at scale because obviously there aren't a lot of people who build with straw in the uk we'd obviously all love to see more of it um and uh yeah so it was difficult to to try and get to to find people to to build um this building the school of uh, natural building were involved with it mm-hmm. um and then in the end they weren't able to to build it it went through through a, a tender process with the with the, with the council we'd sort of in Esbuck, we sort of put our heads together and we were trying to work out if we could bring um sort of a consortium of people together of straw bell builders together to try and do this thing at scale. So club together to actually be able to deliver a bigger project. But again, you know, it's difficult. The uh, Hastings Borough Council have been absolutely amazing with this project. Really, really good. And we sort of went to them and said, well, could we, 
do this sort of approach and we had to go through like another tender process i think it was like the third tender process for this project were there other people tendering as well other companies yeah i believe so yeah yeah um it's it's interesting because obviously everything has to be done you know all very transparently yeah of course course. to make sure that things are done properly um so it's a it makes you understand how difficult it is for small companies to be able to engage with those processes because obviously big big building companies have teams of bid writers and whatever to be able to engage with these sorts of things and sort things out and then you try to do it as as you know micro companies or individuals and you realize how how resource sapping it is to try yes. and go through and work all these things out you know just uh, all the specifications you know i i i've not really had a lot of uh, a lot of contact with the um you know the the the, the the contract stuff uh you know the, the big proper important contract stuff uh trying to work out all that all that those things worked and translating all the clauses and everything into that you know it's really really complicated yeah um but anyway you know we 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 got all that together we were successful with the bid for the project and so we went on to site uh in may 2019 um so two years ago amazingly yeah um yeah and it's uh it was a, it's a fascinating project because the idea was to build, as you know, we always have these conversations about what what are the right materials to use in these buildings and how you make everything work and balancing out, out everything, you know, the, the, the uh, you know, from a carbon perspective and a resource perspective and what's massively, you know, embodied carbon and mm-hmm. energy and all these different sorts of things. And so, yeah, we use really interesting materials. So they use these um, recycled uh, concrete blocks. Okay. So they're using like recycled aggregate into into these blocks. Do you know what sort of saving they they get in terms of? Sorry, I'm putting you on the spot here. In terms of like embodied carbon or anything like that. No, it's one of these things where actually, now we've got to the end of the project. I just want to delve into a lot of it a lot more because on the way through, we just sort of, sort of had to crack on and get everything yes. sorted out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. obviously things were specified, and so we sort of put them into the building, and they you know they worked really well they looked really good and um, it was interesting because you know people were um you know looking at it and it's like you know it's like they've kind of mns you know these aren't just ordinary concrete blocks they're, <laughs> you know they're special concrete blocks and, yeah you know, people look at it and think oh you know just bog standard there's it? going to be any concrete yeah 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 i think it's quite easy for people to be uh quite dismissive at that point you know, oh, call that eco building. Yeah, this is it. You know, and and I think that, like I was saying about trying to find out the facts and figures of these things. You know, you obviously, I like to be a bit sort of geeky about those sorts of things. You know, if you've got the time to do it, and especially if you're specifying stuff yourself. Obviously, mm. a lot of the things that that we end up doing are sort of design and build to a point, aren't they? But actually, definitely, yeah. You know, which is a a great way to do it because then you know exactly what you're specifying and you understand all that all that stuff. Um, but when you so we were working with a um, uh, Liz Crisp from uh, Cave Cooperative mm-hmm. for the design, um, and of course it was all there. So it's like translating that into uh, into what was actually going to work on site. And so we had to tweak various different things. So um, originally the building was going to be uh, load bearing straw. That's a big old load bearing straw building. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And actually, you know, having worked with, you know, we've worked quite a lot with with Hawkland, uh, Chris and, uh, and Dave mm-hmm. from Hawkland Ecological Construction. Um, and we have this sort of, um, 
they were using. In fact, we first used it up at Fort Hall Farm. We did, we did, it was like two buildings sort of plugged together there, and we did half with standard load bearing straw. And then we did, did half with this sort of hybrid sort of timber frame infill approach where you basically have everything that you have for load bearing straw, but with more uprights. And so you can put that timber frame together and then fill the straw into the frame, compress it in, uh, rather than doing this, the standard sort of load bearing thing. So, you know, it's sort of, you know, semantics really to a point. I mean, you end up with the same sort of structure. The straw's still there doing some structural stuff as well as the, yeah. you know, the racking and everything else. And so we had to use that approach there because the, um, wow, it's, it was, I think it's 155 metres above sea level, basically on the edge of a cliff pretty much. <laughs> um, the highest point in the local area. Um, you can see France from there. It's amazing. Right. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and... Um, the weather, you could have the most amazing, beautiful, sunny days and still it would like be blowing about 60 miles an hour. The wind was astronomical, absolutely phenomenal. And, the, you know, quite often in cloud, you know, you'd just be, you know, sometimes you can you know, literally see your hand in front of your face pretty much. It was just, it was just crazy. Really interesting from a, you know, running a site point of view. Um, and just really, um, yes, yeah, so really challenging. And so it would have been impossible really to have done, well, I think, I mean, certainly the way that I've done load bearing, it would have been very difficult to have done load bearing there because the, 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 the whole structure was based around uh, all these massive large posts that we used, um, which took this massive, huge roof canopy, um, as well as sitting down, down on the walls and these huge Douglas fir beams that we used, you know, sort of, you know, sort of 300 by 200 or whatever they were mm-hmm. um which created you know created this main roof structure for this building so it's like a twin apex roof anyway like about a degree um uh sorry do you call it dual pitch roof yeah um with a with about a, you know a degree fall on it there's nothing really so you look at it and it looks like that so this huge frame and, and so everything designed to the frame was designed to be uh visible from the inside so all the timber is exposed um an extraordinary looking thing um but obviously a huge frame a huge weighty frame so we took the approach of doing the the, the straw infill for it and it worked really really well um uh but the, the the framing itself was massively complicated i'd not really done a lot i've never i had never done anything with sort of um post and beam mm. uh stuff like that you know so it was a real eye-opener and we got some really good people involved um who were, you know, had skills in those areas. And so it was interesting learning all those techniques for, you know, sort of counterbalancing these huge beams and moving them carefully without injuring anybody and um, using like these wheeled trolleys, you know, so that you can use these huge beams around. And um, literally we'd had this huge uh, foam glass floor mm-hmm. put in with a, a lime preet screed on top. So we had this lovely flat floor inside and then just used a, a genie lift to put these um these beams up into position but it took an extraordinary amount of time yeah i bet um to get the roof on and so we were a bit delayed and so the straw actually didn't go in until december classic time to straw bale <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah so again and it was like the second sort of build in a row where you know because obviously people think oh you know traditionally of course straw building on site is a, a summer activity and quite rightly <laughs> because you want all that lovely dry weather and everything mm-hmm um but yeah if you wrap carefully and detail it then of course you can do it whenever you want really so a lot of solid sheet wrap around the building and 
uh, all carefully sorted out and the straw went in around it and yeah no, it works really really well nice um was that a, a course you ran or was it uh just professionals no it was just it was just it, yeah it was just professionals yes it was just contract stuff mm-hmm. um we, we had people come in and visit at, at different points to look at stuff and we had actually the the local college and um, we had some some trips come in to to show them the site and and uh you know learn a bit about a building site and all these different sorts of things and um talking about the you know the, the upstraw project mm-hmm. um but yeah it was all contract it was good and we had just an amazing uh crew of people um you know so great you know it's like Hasper Zali uh Jonathan Kalviak um uh I mean just so many people uh Boise of course Boise legendary Boise yes yeah absolutely amazing <laughs> yeah you know and um, yeah, just so many great people there, and lots of you know, so lots of straw bale specialist people. Of course, Auckland that came to to do do with the straw, um, and uh, we just had a great time all the way through. Um, apart from we got we got massively robbed, <laughs> I think, but in uh, in the um, in October, yeah, we had all our stuff on it. It was one of these things where it was quite. It feels like a really remote site, but it's mm. actually quite close to sort of housing. It's not too bad, but in Fairlight Village. And, um, yeah, it was like, what do you do with all the kit? So, like, we had a massive container on site, you know, proper secure storage. And um, my big Luton van, we park it every day up against the container, you know, so, like, for extra layers of security with all the different... There was, like, three padlocks and different things and all this different stuff. And um, I think it was towards the end of October. Yeah, we came in one day and the van had been moved and... Uh, and they'd like used an angle grinder to it was it was interesting actually to see how easy it was to get get into a container because obviously right. you don't really think about it you think oh it looks secure and it seems fine yeah and then you realize that it probably took them all of about a minute with the battery <laughs> angle, <laughs> angle just to literally chop everything off the container to be able to get into into it yeah. oh wow yeah it just absolutely cleaned us out oh <laughs> mate i feel feel so bad for you i mean i had all my tools robbed from my van and i just remember, I remember I, I remember like opening and shutting the door thinking like when I look again, it'll just, oh, there it is behind oh. the thing. And yeah, you know, I just, I couldn't get it into my brain what had happened and just like, I'm sure it's, no. it's is it just round the back? Oh no, no, it's not there. Oh, it's <laughs> just awful. Cause it, yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny. You know, I just literally, it's you're just that moment. You just like, you know, you just feel like just sick. Cause yeah. you just realize that you've been just, absolutely cleaned out yeah and um yeah that was bad that was that was a low point (laughs) (laughs) yes so then there was like lots of you know because you know that's that classic thing isn't it you know where it's like you know robbing people's tools is is a pretty low thing to do (laughs) because then you can't actually work and you then got to do so there was then lots of frenzied uh tool buying Because we've gone over to, we've moved quite a lot onto obviously trying to keep the site safe and stuff, and obviously all this amazing, um, all the Dewalt, the fifty-four volt stuff, oh, you know, yes. which we'd had, and um, yeah, yeah, we had literally the week before I bought it because we needed like I needed like a big drill because we didn't have whatever, so I bought like this lovely uh, flex volt sort of fifty-four volt. You thought I'm going to invest. Drill. I'm going to invest. Yeah. It's going to last a long time. That's it. I used it once, I oh. think, and then it, it went. Yeah, it was just—it was crazy. Anyway, yeah. I really feel for you. Yeah, That's... you know, but it was 
it was so that was that was challenging the weather was very very challenging um but actually that project the whole thing has just been made by the people on it mm-hmm. um mary davidson from hastings borough council has been absolutely brilliant uh, yeah. liz from from cave has been absolutely brilliant mary rawlinson you know we've been there working on it from green and castle she's sort of been project managing everything i've been sort of doing the build elements and different things and of course it was of course you know then last year covid happened and and everything else so that shut us down from there for i think we we're off site for three or four months mm-hmm. that sort of first lockdown um so we pulled off that and went to build a um we had a a self-built project happening over in shard in somerset that we needed to build the the frame for um and so came back on the first lockdown trying to i don't know if you had this i can't remember what you were doing at the tip I'd just started at the Wood Project, so I was uh, ah. I was full time employed and enjoying the furlough life for the first bit. Oh, yeah. that's amazing! That's really really good. I had to I sort of realised that um, we had to build this frame uh, timber frame for for charts, all the the beams and everything else. Um, <laughs> just lots of fr- <laughs> lots of frenzied calls to like uh, board suppliers and lumber suppliers trying to find this timber. Um, and then what do you do with it? How do you work, you know, because obviously construction, a lot of construction carried on, didn't it, with, with COVID and different things. And so we came yes. back and switched on to that. But it's trying to do it safely. So it's ended up getting a huge, like a massive pallet of OSB um, and a huge timber delivery delivered to my house. <laughs> <laughs> it was bonkers, absolutely bonkers, because I thought, well, we'll just build it in the garden. Right. <laughs> And so, ended up building the frame uh, for for the child house in my in my back garden. Uh, so just uh, fabricated all of that, yeah. and then hired a truck and took it to site and put it up. And then uh, brilliant! So you're pioneering prefab. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's obviously limited prefab. It's just the standard beam stuff and whatever. But yeah, not not, not panels. Oh, that's just a whole subject in itself, isn't it? Wow, well, love yeah. to be able to do that. That's just been on my list for four years to try and do some stuff with prefab yes well i keep seeing um the eco cocon which seems i mean it's the one that most people seem to be talking about they seem to be you know plugging away you know the amount of of builds in this country is still minuscule compared to on the continent Mm. yeah yeah we actually had a we did uh, the the technical design for a a project in wales Mm. for an eco cocon project um last year which has gone got gone really well nice Again, the Hawkland were on site doing the actual construction elements of that. And, um, yeah, uh, Jonathan Davies, uh, m- my designer, did the, the technical design package for mm-hmm. it. Uh, so that was that was lovely to see that and sort of get to grips with that and, and have some contact with that because, yeah, we'd spoken, we'd, you know, we'd dealt quite a lot with um, with George from, from EcoCon. Good, good experiences. Yeah. Yeah, really good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it does seem to be a fantastic system. I'm not quite sure, a sort of overdue a conversation. Um, really, to try and catch up on all of that, all of that, and where things are going. I'm not sure where things sit now. It's this whole new world, isn't it, of not being in the EU anymore? Yeah. Do you still love us, EU suppliers that well, we yeah. were friends with before? Yeah, and how it's going to, you know, how it, it's affected cost and stuff. Mm. I don't know, and uh, the implications for different things. But you know, obviously, it would be great if if panels were being built in this country. Yeah, you know, we should so also that's... say that other panel providers are available. 
in a true mm. like BBC style. Uh, yes. No. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, who is doing panels in the UK? I mean, uh, Modcell. Are they? Are they still doing, doing them? Doing I'm not sure. I'm actually speaking to Craig White uh, soon, so um, so I'm mm. sure I'll find out. But yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, you know, Craig's a busy guy, isn't he? And so he's he he's you know, he's got various different projects on, I think, and different that's, things. So that's I'm, one I'm of the things sure. I want to know. Is like, what are you yeah. actually doing? It seems like you're doing everything. What? Yeah. <laughs> so, no, that's it. You know, and clearly, you know, as a company, they've really had it together, and you know, there's lots of research and funding and different things. And hmm. yeah, yeah. I mean, you just have to admire, you know, folk like that doing all those sorts of things and. And it is, I think it constantly comes back to, you know, again, with, with, with Buck, the members that we've got, we, you know, everybody's tiny, you know, yeah. we're all individuals pretty much or tiny companies or, um, yeah, trying to think how we solve some of these issues and, and get these things done um, either through Buck or with individual companies trying to do research and stuff. I mean, it's not, it's not easy to do because, you know, you're normally on site building, aren't you, and doing the, the grunt stuff and, that's certainly been the the last two years with with Hastings has just been you know just massively absorbed mm-hmm. all of that time without being able to do a lot else really. So I've got a huge list of things that I want to learn and understand and get done. Uh, it would be great, wouldn't it? To be we did some um, there's a, a group called Dorset Community Action down here where I am, mm-hmm. and uh, in 2017 we did. Uh, there was some some research that I had a bit of input into, and we were trying to look at this idea that um, it sort of came from the point of view that you know obviously everywhere has a certain amount of has to provide a certain amount of housing, build a certain amount of houses. Yeah. And uh, you know it's this issue of of how do you you know in an ideal world, circular economy, uh, localism, everything else, you'd you'd want those materials. And that labour to be as local as possible, you know, sort of properly winding the clock back to how a building was not such a long time ago. Yeah. Is it really? Um, you know, the whole, what is it? Throw a stick or a stone and hit the trees that you're going to build a house out of. Is that a phrase? That of? <laughs> I, I've literally mixed up several sort of <laughs> phrases, I think. There. Uh, no, we'll go with that. That's, that's a classic. It's definitely something. I, I think you definitely, isn't it? You definitely throw something and, and hit, you can hit the timber that you're going to build. Oh, I really don't know. Bonkers. I know there was the uh, the thing in Wales, like if you was it in Wales, maybe it was maybe it's the whole country, uh, the whole of the UK. But if you could build a a cottage overnight, then uh, and light a fire before dawn, then uh, yeah, you could throw like an axe out of like in all four directions, <laughs> and that that where they landed dictated your your bit of land. That is brilliant. I mean, yeah. I've, I've not heard that have you not isn't that that's a that's a health and safety issue isn't it <laughs> oh they use a special blunt uh, rubber axe <laughs> the, the practice axe <laughs> i think if you've just built a house overnight uh you know under the cover of darkness that's impressive yeah i, I wonder how you have to be for that i don't know or how did that work I, I, you know but that was a bit like the, you know, that reminds me of you know, the whole Straw Bale thing with the homesteading act, wasn't it? The whole history of Straw Bale and what was it in Nebraska, wasn't it? Well, tell us, tell us the story. Well, I, I, yeah, I, I, I think the idea was um, out in the, the, I was going to say the States or whatever it was at the time. I don't mm. know what, you know, as Wilds. people were settling out there. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was it in, in Nebraska. 
they um they didn't have it's a, i think it's like a very fairly barren landscape they didn't have a lot of timber and different things but the homesteading act i believe and i'm not a, you know a great expert on american history um was uh yeah if you could build a house you know you could claim a certain amount of land you know you put a house on it but then the argue but then what do you build houses out of them uh they built houses out of turf soddies i think they called them mm-hmm. you know they literally like dug sods out of the ground and stacked them up and then uh as bailing machinery was was invented sort of you know sort of later 19th century they started with you know you know hay and you know straw and different stuff and and yeah so literally that's where i think that load-bearing approach sort of started mm, well it's, um, it's generally called nebraska style isn't it that load-bearing mm. We'll be back after a quick break. Hey there, I'm Mick from the Mick and Pat Show. That's right, and I'm Pat. Looking for a podcast that's like catching up with old friends? Well, you're in luck. We're here to bring you weekly doses of lifestyle commentary, discuss culture and politics, and top it off with the occasional beer and film reviews. But it's not just about us. We're a community. Our listeners are our kin, and we let you all have a say in what we discuss. So saddle up and join the conversation at the Mick and Pat Show. You can check out our website or find us wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. You know, great. And there's still buildings out there, aren't there? You know, mm. of, of a great age. Um, it'd be lovely to go and, go, go and see stuff like that. But yeah, I think that was the idea, wasn't it? That if you could build a house, that you could claim a certain amount of land. Yeah. But there were no axes involved. Oh, I don't think. Well, that's, that's why Wales is better than... <laughs> but there's probably presumably more... People survived. Yeah, <laughs> in Nebraska, you get on better with your neighbours, not throwing axes at them. <laughs> um, uh, it's yeah. good, yeah. But we're a long way away from uh, being able to do that in England, aren't we? I, I think you know. I did hear rumours that the um, again all these things that I need to be able to catch up on uh, now. Hopefully, that I might have some time. Um, the idea that obviously you've got with the, the with the one planet development stuff in Wales, hmm. isn't there supposed to be a review of that going on? Is there? It may have already happened. I don't know. I think I think there was going to be a review at some point. Perhaps it hasn't happened yet to see how it had gone and how it was working and different things. And yeah, I was. I think I heard somewhere that there might have been, uh, you know, this idea that that England might look at it in some capacity. I think uh, when I spoke to Jana, she was saying that there was a few. It's sort of a, a council level, I think they might that might take it on. And yeah, I mean that's really exciting. I mean, yeah, I mean that could be a bit of a game changer, wouldn't it? There's, again, there seems to be a lot of really sort of complicated stuff that's coming around. You know, all, all the right to build stuff and different things sort of mm-hmm. seems to have thrown different councils into a state of flux, hasn't it? You know, trying to provide land and different things and i think rules got changed didn't they because you know the idea that you you know could build a certain you know you're not massively generous house like a suitable house or uh-huh. a plot of land and and that the value of the land would be released from you know whatever it would be edges of settlement or farmland or so the farmer wouldn't make big money on it it would have to be you know it had to be sold at a certain price and I'm not really sure how all that's worked out. Mm. But no, we need more initiatives, don't we, for people to be able to self-build it. So I think as we're still sitting about 8%, is it, of, of, of homes in the UK? Is it that much? I think 
Yeah. I don't know what it is now, but I mean, I think it was was about that. Yeah. Um, I think that the statistic is something incredible. Like, I think it's Germany. It's more like it's it's more like sort of sixty or eighty percent. It's yeah, crazy. I think Austria isn't it? Is sixty or sixty or eighty or something? Yeah. Yeah. Extraordinary. It goes to show you how. You know, it is just so super complicated in the UK, isn't it? You know, everybody just has to spend every bean that they've got on buying a bit of land yeah. and then can't afford to put a house on it. <laughs> yes, exactly. It is, you know, really genuinely scary. And then you go across to France and, you know, land sort of costs next to nothing. And Yeah, but you can only stay there for 90 days. <laughs> yeah, you can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, oh dear! I had a, a funny goes. thought about that actually. I was thinking, well, I don't know—is it funny? I'm sort of terrified because yeah. we're now in the European Championship finals. Football. Didn't think we'd oh, talk we about yeah. sport on this podcast. Wow, um, that's a departure. Yeah, I uh, don't worry, everyone. It's not a big. <laughs> but what I'm worried about <laughs> is that if we win, are people going to herald it as like, yes, this is what Brexit does? Oh, I see. It sort of makes me want to support Italy, <laughs> just in case. <laughs> I'm just so not a football fan. I don't do it. I just don't, you know, it was, um, you know, it's good. Like I said, I watched Extra Time <laughs> last night. Yeah. Um, and it was good. I mean, you've got to feel happy for them. And, and you know, and, and everybody loves it. And whatever. I mean, it's good, isn't it? But yeah, to me, there's always... I don't know. It's um, I, I love you know the t- team element stuff and team sports. You know, it's great. I used to play rugby and stuff, and it's certainly playing stuff. I've never sort of, yeah, I don't, I don't really get it. It is the sort of the, that sort of weird. There's a bit of all that nationalism stuff mixed up in mm. sport to some degree, isn't it? And how much of that is is healthy or good or um, you know, you know, because you know, pride's not a bad thing in and of itself, is it? And it's a uh, yeah. I don't know, but it's good. Gareth Southgate, what, what a great guy. What a great he's, guy. He, you know, he keeps just, talking, he does these little TV spots where he's just talking about like respect and uh, you know, really good qualities. Yeah. And yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. well, these, this isn't the sort of football louts that I grew up with. I what, know. What's happening? Yeah. Yeah. It's just, you know, definitely the sort of person who's great, just a great all round ambassador for all those sorts of things and, and representing all that good stuff about it that you hope would be there. Yeah. Anyway, that's enough sport chat from two people that know nothing about sport. <laughs> <laughs> really don't know anything at all. I don't know. Uh, I managed to have uh, some sport banter with uh, uh, a quarry that I was ordering some sand from. And the, the, guy, oh, yes. the guy went like, oh, yeah, so what's going to happen in the football tonight? And I just read The Guardian and I was like... I've you know, managed to regurgitate pretty much everything I knew about football. And he went, yeah, yeah, good point. <laughs> Blag that one. Oh, that's so funny. I remember talking to, when you talk to self-builders and you have, have you had this conversation where, I don't know, perhaps I do it as well. It's like when people mimic other people's accents. Yeah. I I think I do that. And then you, you sort of then obviously risk offending people. <laughs> If they take it the wrong way, because some people think that's a bit weird, don't they? Yeah. Um, uh, but, but similarly with self-builders, they, um, I've heard people say, you know, they will, they will like a- adopt a telephone manner appropriate to the supplier they're calling. I definitely do that. I, <laughs> and I've well, I've spent a long time thinking uh, that 
I'm a lesser person because of it. Because what I think <laughs> is I don't actually have a personality. I just like <laughs> yeah. suck off someone else's personality. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and yeah, sort of feed on, on their thing. But then someone else said recently that actually it's probably like a, an empathy thing. And that yeah. I'm a much higher yeah. level functioning empathetic human. I think so. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's a communication skill, isn't it? It's like we're designed to sort of get on. Yeah, it's sort of like the and, the sort of physical mirroring that that makes people feel comfortable. Yeah, is it by imitating their accent and, and suddenly becoming Cockney when I want to order some sand? Is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lots of that going on. <laughs> um, so at the beginning, you said that there were four other buildings being built through Upstraw in europe what's happened yes. with those have they all has that all happened and been a good thing yeah they have a, a, a really diverse uh range of different stuff um uh an amazing sort of modular build um over in belgium um one in germany uh i mean yeah i mean they, they, they've been great i mean basically you just need to go and look at the the um if you if you uh put up straw into a search engine then mm-hmm. um, you can go to the um you can find the interreg of the project site and see the details of all these different uh different projects um Great. yeah and the link that, to that in the show notes yeah um it, and it's um you know everything's sort of coming up to sort of wrapping up now um mm-hmm. With the upshore project, and so the idea was that these buildings would be built, um, but then also alongside that, there are all these different bits of research that are happening for um, into all this really, really good straw bale stuff, um, which has resulted in you know lots of different things coming out. There's going to be uh, so the School of Natural Building have been working on a, a technical guide uh, for straw uh, building um, to help with you know building regulations and different things. That's imminence now, I mm-hmm. think. So that'll be on the sign posted from the uh, SBUC website. Um, and so, uh, yeah, and various different things. So SBUC has taken on some work to translate the, um, the um, in France, the, the, the RFCP in France have the uh, this uh, French professional rules document. And so been, there's been various work in the Upshore project to uh, translate uh, different materials uh, into English or into other languages so that they can, they can be looked at. And SBUC has taken on the translation work uh, for translating the French professional rules document. So um, so that will be coming out at some point soon, hopefully an English version of that, because that's an amazingly good good book. Um, and so an opportunity really to, to learn from all these different methods and ways that people build with straw mm. in, 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 the rest of, in the rest of Europe. Yeah. Um, was someone uh, doing a, a straw bale wrap? Was that was that part of that project? Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm basically very um, not knowledgeable. You've about been, this, been just in your little. Uh, in I've your been zone. in a Hastings bubble. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've. Um, it, it has been. I mean, it has been really full on Hastings. It has been absolutely crazy trying to understand how it was all supposed to supposed to work yeah um we if you don't know you, about it we don't have to to suppose or or find out so, see, you can probably tell that i'm you know i'm trying to 
to find this information on the internet. Just look at it. But yeah, I mean, I mean it's all there on the website, different stuff. So. Great. All right. Well, uh, people can look at that at their leisure. Hmm. How have you been dealing with the, the sort of materials costs and, and the sort of the issues of, of supply chains and, you know, there's sort of this, there was, I mean, it seems to have died down at the moment, but there was that triple whammy of COVID, Brexit, and then the Suez Canal. And suddenly just, you know, wood fibre insulation didn't exist in the UK. No, uh-huh. no, it's all been a bit strange, hasn't it? Really? Yeah. I mean, it's been okay. I mean, we've got, um, we haven't really been affected too much because Hastings was, I mean, it's, I think, I think I worked out in the end, <clears throat> Hastings, <clears throat> excuse me, Hastings was supposed to be a, a 12 month project. And actually out of two years, we've been on site for, I think, 15 months. Okay. So it's not, you know, it wasn't hugely over. We, we've really not been on site very much this year. The, the building was pretty much done sort of in <clears throat> the first week of February, I think. We were there for right. a bit of January and a little bit of February. Um, but then lots of the external groundworks um, were being done by the council's contractors. And then we had to wait for a few little things to be done once the temperature had warmed up a bit again after winter. And, um, yeah, lots of, you know, and then snagging and different things. So we, we literally have hardly been on site very much this year. Yeah. So it's something like about 15 months of work. I think all told, everything pulled together, and yeah, yeah. So we, we haven't actually had to to buy a lot of stuff this year. Right. So so we've we've managed to avoid a lot of those things because that certainly would have made things extra complicated. Yeah, well, that's all to look forward to for your next project. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what do what do um, yeah timber prices and all those different sorts of things? There's just you know too many complications really. Mm. But it comes back to this idea. Um, you know, I was talking about this um, this project. I was you know, skipping about here back to the the, the Dorset Community Action, who were doing this thing with the you know the building local housing mm-hmm. and this idea that you could use. Uh, so we decided that basically timber could be a, a regional resource. So because you needed to have primary processing facilities and whatever. So down here in Dorset, then that might be. Southampton or mm-hmm. Exeter in Devon or Salisbury or whatever. Um, so, and, and interestingly, in, in, in a county like Dorset, other counties have actually done full-on sort of assessments of what timber they have. Um, so obviously a lot of the, the, the forestry, England's timber, mm-hmm. is, a, is a known quantity and resource. <clears throat> but so much of that timber sits in private estates, doesn't it? Yeah. <clears throat> and there's never been any survey of, of that timber or, or, or audit of that timber done within Dorset as a county, whereas different counties have assessed all of that timber. as well. Yeah, so there's this idea that, um, yeah, you could just have everything really, really local. Mm. So obviously straw is, you know, the great thing about straw is that it exists pretty much everywhere, doesn't it, in the UK? There's easy access to that. Um, you know, and all those other resources like, you know, earth and, um, you know, so clay and different things you don't have to go too far to find those things yeah um so you could literally be building you know have a unit somewhere with local people building panel straw bale systems um you know for for local housing literally yeah so you know and that could be happening right now there's no reason why those things couldn't be happening if there was the will there to do it um 
And so that would be a lovely thing to, to be able to see. So that's sort of one thing that's kicking around in my mind would be <clears throat> how do we stimulate those sorts of things to happen? Mm. That's good. Um, I mean, I'm, I guess I'm thinking that uh, the quantity and probability potentially quality of timber say in somerset is very different to what might grow in scotland yeah and so you know some areas would have i guess that yeah that's why we have like a uk trade isn't it because Mm. because of the sort of the highs and lows yeah and so i guess would would that mean if if somewhere had just trees no uh no sort of agricultural byproducts uh would that mean you just build log cabins or would you look to to expand yeah where i guess it's sort of about like how how far is too far and and when you should just deal with what you've got or like that i didn't really make any sense then i don't think but (laughs) well it, it does doesn't it i mean it's all these different questions about the the whole, which I think, again, you know, for small companies, it's diff- difficult to get a handle on all those, on all of those things, and, and and how you make it all work. And you know, as you say, the timber would be different. And as we know, you know, as your you know your excellent podcast that you did with, with Dr. Judith Thornton, mm. you know, even the straw itself, even the same variety of straw will vary uh, depending on where you grow it, and and all these different sorts of things. And you know. yeah. I had yeah, a big you, big failure in the the 2019 Hartwin build. I was looking at getting all our timber sawn and you know from good good sort of UK stocks, and then I was it's like getting pushed further and further away from Suffolk. Suffolk doesn't have a huge amount of timber, mm. and then I sort of was looking at like, can we get it cut and transported from Scotland? And you know, it's, this is ridiculous. And I sort of like through a culmination of loads of different things, I just kind of went, and we ended up just buying all of our timber from the local uh, timber merchant. Mm -hmm. And then it came there stamped with like Slovakia or, or somewhere like that on it. It's like, Oh yeah. Bugger. I have not done well. (laughs) Just took my eye off the ball completely. But it's so difficult, you know, it is difficult to get all those things right and to get it right all the time, you know, so Mm. things have to sort of, align and be available to a degree don't they that the the odds are sort of you know stacked against us to a point i I remember years ago there seemed to be this thing where all of the timber yards there was a a good one up in north dorset there was a timber yard and they always just had lots and lots of um so you know it was standard stock timber stuff so i guess you know imported softwoods and different things or you know reproductive um but um but at least you know it wasn't treated so you know if you didn't if you didn't want to use treated timber Mm -hmm. we generally don't use treated if it doesn't need to be treated or yeah yeah yeah, you know and and love to you know use uh, local timber suppliers but there was a yard you know there that if you wanted stuff or needed to top up stuff they had any but it went it was seemed to go through this thing where all of the timber suppliers just decided that it was too much hassle to have untreated wood and because basically people would just have treated and so (laughs) You know, it was ten percent more, but you know they need half the space to store the timber. Yeah, I think I, I've heard that you can use a lower grade of wood if you treat it. So actually, you're using the sort of cheaper, nastier um, bits uh, with a treatment on it. 
because quite often you find that untreated is more expensive than treated. Oh, and really? Yeah, I've been finding that. I wondered if oh. that's just a scale thing. I don't know. This whole thing about the, you know, the, you know, that's clearly a difficult thing, isn't it? When you, that whole grading thing mm. with timber, you know, if it's going to be specified for a, for a purpose, you need a certain standard of of timber to be able to work with. And so it's, um, that's another thing that, you know, can be a bit difficult trying to use local suppliers, isn't it? It's how do those elements work and fit in with what you're trying to do? Um, but, you know, yeah, I mean, normally, you know, with a bit of effort, again, it depends how long, that's the good thing about, you know, design and build, isn't it, really, is that you've, you've got those things more under your control mm. as a as a company to be able to to get everything in a row, to get those things sorted out. Yes. Um, but, yes, yeah, sometimes it just doesn't work. <laughs> well, and there's always compromises, isn't there? Mm. Um, I'm having to deal with oh, the compromises. Do you know that I'm building a, a tiny house? I do. It's very exciting. It looks brilliant. Uh, well, yes, thank you. I'm about to actually, when I get home, I'm about to uh, take it all apart because I want to do the base a bit better. <laughs> oh no! But I think I think it's fine. I think the uh, the agonising few days of deciding to take it apart was worse than actually oh. spending like a few hours unscrewing things and then screwing it back together no. different. So yeah, um, well, fair enough. I mean. It's yeah. I mean, that's it. That's it. It's it's worth getting things right, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, just don't all the answers. You got to do things, and you know. But that's part of the fun of doing that. That's a lovely project because part of the fun of that surely is just being able to not make it up as you go along. Obviously. No. Well, there's there's, some, some there's things where. Uh, so I've I've half lapped all of my noggins mm. because I saw that I'm yeah. my own I'm my own client. And yeah, I can spend two extra days putting noggins in. Uh, yeah, but yeah, it's it's stronger and it's better and it's you. Know. Yeah, that looked brilliant. Yeah, uh, yeah, I've been enjoying sort of geeking out like that, and certainly yeah. stuff like not where in conventional framing, if you're sort of joining two bits of wood end to end, then you just join them and then slap another bit of timber like over the join, mm, like an overlap. Yeah. Yeah, and I was like, "Well, that's that's just an extra area of my tiny house where the, there isn't any insulation." So I've been yeah. doing these elaborate scarf joints where I've like ripped down, mm. <laughs> yeah, you know, a meter of one bit and a meter of another, and sliding them together, glue and screw. That's and, very cool. Yeah, yeah, because the big thing with that is surely you know the, the weight as well, isn't it? So you're, mm. you're trying to keep it as light as possible because that's going to stack up really quickly. Sure. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I think probably regular listeners to this podcast are sick of me talking about the weight. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, I mean, it's the, the biggest source of compromise that I've ever had to deal with in a sort of building because I want a wood shingle roof. Well, if you have a wood shingle roof, that's an extra 100 kilograms. Wow. Uh, than wood a metal roof. heavy. And it's yeah. and it's like well that and then I, I sort of said it to to a supplier I was talking to on the phone and I said well yeah I can't go for that because of uh, weight and they went well it doesn't it's not very much is it so it's, like, it's not very much but then when you add up all the other different weights <laughs> that was a, a yeah, lovely tangent into me talking about my tiny house again <laughs> oh it is lovely <laughs> I'm enjoying looking at the photos of that yeah. 
I think that's great. I'm looking. I'm, go- I'm going to have to come and visit you. Yes, please do. That'd be really lovely. What is it I wanted to talk to you about? Oh yeah, just I've. I actually I'm looking at the list. That's the first time I've looked at the list. Um, I was just wondering because you're in a, a a prized position, being a, one of the the SBUK board board of directors. Is that what you are? Mm, I, no, I'm not. I, I'm I'm the treasurer. Oh, um, for SBU. Okay, but you're you're part of the the people that that make the decisions yeah uh, yeah i guess so yeah i mean obviously s bucks you know run um by and for its members we've had mm. some good member engagement this year with 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 different things uh yeah and we've got this uh the um esbg so the european straw bill mm. gathering when is that that event that's coming at the end of that's happening at the end of july so july uh, 31st there will be some stuff going on so it's literally in the process of being sort of published uh, in the next week or so I think lovely there's going to be an event uh, so we'll have some um, sessions happening on Saturday the 31st of July um, talking about UK stuff and then in the evening there will be a session um, with uh, everyone else in Europe coming together and, and doing some presentations uh, uh across the board for everybody to see it's obviously been interesting you know trying to with with covid trying to make Mm. the european straw bubble gathering work this year yeah um because normally it's it's hosted by one of the the member countries isn't it yeah so just one specific country um so the the suggestion was that this year everybody would just sort of do their own thing potentially with with physical events if they if they could or tours or different things and um you know, yeah. So, so it's, it's challenging with the obviously the Strawberry Building UK is a, a tiny group. I think we've got about thirty-five members. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so so this obviously it would be lovely to grow that number. You know, it's not doesn't cost that much to to join SBUC. It would be lovely to have more input and different things. And you know, it's just trying to reach that sort of critical mass, isn't it? Of trying to being able to make organisations like that work because yeah. it's trying to do some good stuff. And again, it will be interesting to see what happens with this outputs of the of the upshore projects. There's some great research there that hopefully SBUC can sort of get their teeth into mm. um, and, 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 and run with. Yeah. And all the great stuff that's going on with the... So I think uh, on the Thursday or Friday before that, the um, ACAN, you know, the, the, the oh, Arctic's yeah. Climate Action Network, uh, they're doing a straw-focused event as well. Brilliant. Um, uh, so, uh, and it's great to see what they're doing. Yeah, they're really pushing yeah. the the natural materials thing, aren't they? Yeah, so they've just recently, just last week, yeah, they did a session a session yeah with different natural materials, and so and they'll be doing sort of focus ones, and so the the first one that they're doing the next one with the focus will be straw. Yeah, uh, just before the ESBG event. Um, yeah, it's nice to feel that there's some. I, I think with 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 Esbuck, it's been, you, you know, trying to stand up for straw in the UK is not necessarily an easy thing to do in, engaging with all those different ways to try and promote that you know we've done, this year we sort of engage with you know uh, government you know calls for evidence and, and different mm-hmm. things you know all those things that have happened um it's a yeah you know it, it's difficult to to get change isn't it the change that we want to see to be able to build with the straw and na- other natural materials bio-based stuff yeah um especially when we're up against the 
you know, all the other companies that have whole departments to deal with this, this sort of stuff. Mm. There's some just, just some plucky individuals like who are worked ragged coming home at the end of the day and then trying to, trying to get the, the good word out there. Yeah. I really should have done some uh, some prep for this, shouldn't I? No, not at all. This <laughs> is perfect. question, and I'm like, I, I don't know. No. I don't know what's going on. It's all good. Yeah, people, so, can, people can look up their own answers if they want. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to catch up with my mate. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. All right. Thank you, Phil. That was excellent. I very, very much enjoyed that conversation. Wanted to say there's a bit in there where we talked about straw thatch. Um, now, I think a lot of people will be of the assumption that reed is the is the true material that uh, was like the traditional thatch. So from my good friend, Alan Jones, he uh, is a thatcher. And I've been trying to get him on the podcast for, well, since it began. Um, I think he's a little bit shy, but he has a wealth of knowledge on thatching. And he has told me that, so straw was the original thatch material. And actually reed is uh, an invasive species and we wouldn't have had it you know, a few hundred years ago. So there's a little exciting bit of info for you. Store that in your brain. Might win you a pub quiz or something. Oh, and... The other thing I want to say, that stat that uh, Phil and I were failing to recall. Uh, so Austria uh, has more than 80% of its homes are self-built. Now, I don't think that is a true like-for-like comparison, as in those aren't people building their own homes, you know, getting a saw on hammer and nails and stuff. Yeah, it's a slightly skewed stat, uh, but still... It's, I mean, it's pretty, pretty special, isn't it? Um, we are just at the bottom of the table, uh, below USA. USA is on 40%, UK 10%, uh, Belgium, Italy, Sweden, Norway, Germany, France, all around the 60% mark. So yes, we, uh, really don't have, uh, that same sort of culture, do we? 
hopefully we can change that because I think if people were given the opportunity to build their own homes, they would want to do it right. Yeah, I think that's all I've got to say. I'm obviously pretty tired. and don't think I'm really making any sense. Has there been a podcast yet when I haven't said that I'm really tired? Anyway, as soon as this little push to get the build watertight is done, I'm going to slow down a little bit. I'm going to make some spoons. I'm going to finish my compost loo. Are these things you need to know? Probably not. Uh, Enjoy. Thanks for listening. See you next time. If you enter the Patreon competition, best of luck. Uh, I will be revealing the winner uh, and the next episode in two weeks. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye bye.